and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie reviews podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, except for the next three months, July, August and September, that is the Summer of Shocks, which is my look at the Piranha franchise selected Hitchcock movies and this month's movies selected Stephen King movies. It comes to a close with my look at Cat's Eye, based from two short stories from the Night Shift collection, with a new story written by King for this movie. With Drew Barrymore in the lead, the second time she's starred in a King movie, to date that is, the first being Firestarter. This also stars James Wood, the notorious actor from Videodrome. Brought to us by Dino De Laurentiis, so you know this is cheap. In fact, this is a movie Stephen King <coughs> learned how to direct a movie, and this made him do Maximum Overdrive. Check out my second podcast, the Schlocky Horror Podcast Show, on my thoughts on that movie. But back to this, uh, with the hero being a tabby cat named General. And with its budget of $7 million, this thing pulled in $13 million and quickly became a cult classic, starring Drew Barrymore, James Woods, Robert Hayes, Alan King and Charles S. Dutton. Directed by Lewis Teague. Other plot, a mysterious stray cat is the star of three interjoined stories. What about a man trying to give up smoking? And about a man caught cheating on a gangster's wife? And finally, the sto- story of a young girl having problems with a troll. Can the cat make it to New York? Sorry, from New York to North Carolina via Atlantic City in time to save the young girl's life from a troll? Honestly, he's catnapped too much. Too much, even. And by the way, it takes this cat at least six months to get from Atlantic City back to New York. Actually, back to North Carolina. How long has this troll been attacking poor little um, Drew Barrymore? Hmm, moving on. The movie opens up on what else? An extreme close-up of a cat's eye. But of course, then shows said cat general being chased by a dog that may not be Kojo past a car that could be Christine down an alley into a trash can to hide while the dog loses it. However, it is spotted again as it chases it to the docks but it jumps into, onto a tobacco truck, shipping it to New York. A note, there was a prologue that showed the cat stealing the life force from a little girl that may not be Drew Barrymore and her mother chasing the cat out of the home with a gun, but that was cut because the studios thought it was too confusing. Yeah, moving on. I gotta say, I like music in this. Alan Silvestri's all synth score is great, however, it does sound an awful lot like his Back to Future score. Although this movie came out first, I could think it was three months first. Now in New York City, the cat escapes the truck, then gets to. Sorry, it gets a psychic flash, begging for help from a little girl played by Drew Barrymore of Screen, Chip Archives, E.T., Donnie Darko, again, Chip Archives, Charles Angels movies, coming soon, and a boatload of Adam Sandler movies, I swear to God, she's about ten of the bloody things. She begs the cat for help to take on a troll, asking the cat to return to North Carolina as soon as possible. Again, this is, I'm going to say, early spring, and the cat doesn't return to her until late October? I mean, Jesus, how long has this, this troll been attacking her for, for crying out loud? Too bad, it's picked up by a goon working for the Quarters Incorporated. And Q Story 1, Quarters Inc. As it pulls Dick Morris, 
and Morrison rather, uh, played by James Woods of Videodrome, Chaplin, Casino, Vampires, Scary Movie 2, Chipmark Archives, and Family Guy. He's dropped outside of Quarters Inc. by his friend, who then just drives off with a grin in his face, the bastard. The cat is put into an electrified floored room, as in Dick goes to fill in paperwork in the waiting area as a man crying into his hands. Dick fills in the paperwork and goes to take a cigarette from his pocket, but this sets off the crying man. It comes to his wife, who is being roughed up by the same goon that kidnapped General. The two tearfully embrace they walk out after she beats the living shit out of him a little bit. On seeing this, Dick tries to pull out, however, he's taken into the back room by him, <coughs> Dr. Donetti, played by Alan King of Bonfires of the Vanities, Casino and Rush Hour 2. He's a former gangster turned <coughs> doctor who specialises in helping people quit smoking by basically forcing them into quit smoking using extreme measures, including raping a wife, kidnapping a child, and cutting off body parts. Yeah, mate, run! Get the fuck out of the office and call the FBI, then run to fuck no, fuck that. I would rather try anything else except these goons. Also, some friend, your mate seems to be, this is a fucking pyramid scheme, you have to get more and more and more people onto this, or else you lose body parts also. Okay then. The doctor takes Dick's cigarettes off him and then smashes them onto the table. Going on to tell him at Quitters Incorporated that they make extreme measures to help you quit smoking. As their Don died of lung cancer several years earlier. He then shows him the cat on Electrified 4 and shocks the cat. And note, the cat isn't actually getting shocked here, but it is getting Blood dryers blown to its face, making the cat jump up quite high. Telling Dick if he smokes, his wife will be next for the, quote, cat room. If he smokes again, his little girl is next. If he smokes again, his wife is then raped. And finally, if he smokes one more time, the doctor will kill him, showing him a nickel-plated gun. He is then told the first month will be, he will be getting 24-7 around the clock stalking. Oh, sorry, surveillance. That's... He'll see some of them some of the time, most of them most of the time, but not all of them all of the time. Back home, he chooses his wife, Cindy, played by Mary Darcy, telling her he quit smoking that day at a quarter to three in the afternoon, and it is now 9.15 at night. That night, during a rainstorm, at a quarter past three in the morning, Dick sneaks around the house, trying to look for a pack of cigarettes, finding cigarettes in a drawer in his study, he also finds a goon in a cupboard. However, not smoking a cigarette, he just walks off. Actually, pokes him with an umbrella, I believe. And you see a pair of wet wellies. I mean, okay then. The next morning, he goes outside as he sees the same goon jogging past. Checking his study, he finds a muddy footprint leading outside. Driving to his Little girl's school, St. Stephen's, you get it, Stephen King, St. Stephen's, oi. <clears throat> we see his little girl is none other than Drew Barrymore in a bad wig and thick glasses. I'm guessing she's playing special needs then. Hey, I don't like this shit, so don't fucking blame me. So she has a doppelganger then, because there's at least three other girls look like her. Moving the fuck right on, Dick gives her a Cabbage Patch Kid doll. As a gift, the doll's name is Norma Jean, and I bet in a few months it'll have blonde hair, lose some stuffing, and go by Marlon. Q. Places every step you take. 
as he's shown in a party where everyone, and I do mean everyone, is smoking. Hello, secondhand smoke. Anyway, he starts seeing things such as paintings, eyes falling around the house while having a cigarette, and the <clears throat> doctor singing every step you take. What the fuck? His friend, Hal, played by James Reborn, offers him a cigarette, which morphs into a giant pack of cigarettes. Then he blows smoke out of his ears, personal help come out of his ass, because this guy's a bullshit artist. With that, he tells him to stick the cigarette up his ass and storms out. He returns back to work, taking the bridge news the maximum overdrive, and here he's caught having a sneaky cigarette. He rushes over to him to the office after finding his home has been broken into, where his wife is indeed on electric floor. He tries to break the glass uh, to get her out using a table, but he can't do it, and in a scuffle, the cat escapes. As back at the docks, the cat hops a ferry to Atlantic City. Months later, Dick is getting weighed by the doctor and told he can't put on weight more than 165 pounds, or his wife will lose a little finger. Cut to that night as his friend's wife has a missing fingertip. On to story two, The Ledge. By the way, it's been six months, so I'm guessing the whole summer that cat was running around New York, before it, well, actually Atlantic City, um, before getting this ledge. Sorry, <coughs> moving on. As the cat is now in Atlantic City, he sees on TV Drew Barrymore dressed as Cheryl Temple doing a cat food advert. Again, begging for help. In a Caesar's Palace, we see mob boss Mr. Kresner, played by Kenneth McMillan of Salem's Lot and Dutton. He heads back to his penthouse via limo to deal with his wife's lover. He being Johnny Norris, played by Robert Hayes of the airplane movies Starman TV, Homeward Bound movies and Sharknado 2. God, Sharknado movies, ugh. Seems Kresner is a big gambler, as we see him betting on if General will make it across a busy highway. Okay then, what a complete dickhead this guy is. The cat does so, so Kresner takes him as a good luck charm. Cut to Johnny being kidnapped by two of Kresner goons, Ducky, played by Mike Starr of Dumb and Dumber fame, and Dom, played by Charles S. Dutton of Alien 3 fame. Check my archives. They take him to Kresner's penthouse, where he makes him walk the ledge outside the penthouse or he'll go to jail, as he's planted drugs in his car. So, with no choice, he does it. Over he goes to walk the not-foot-wide ledge around the penthouse, except Kresner doesn't play fair. He's planted a trained pigeon that pecks at Johnny's ankle and uses an old car horn to scare him, but he doesn't fall. And note, you can tell a mile away. He's only about three feet off the ground. The shots of the traffic are toy cars and it fucking fails to show perspective. Also, the clock outside goes from 9.50pm to 12.38pm to 10 past 10pm. What the fuck continuity? Hello? Back inside the penthouse, Kresner gives Johnny $40,000 in cash, tells him his car is now clean and throws a bag with his head's decapitated head. His, sorry, his wife's decapitated head in it, rather. With that, Johnny bum-rushes Kresner, and in the fight, General runs out, causing the limo driver to drop his gun, which Johnny picks up and shoots the driver dead in the back. Kresner then begs for his life, offering him two, no, five, no, ten million dollars, but Johnny says no, and forces Kresner to walk the ledge. And note, the penthouse magazine Kresner thumbs through, and this is the exact one where the story was first printed back in 1976. 
Kresner, of course, falls to his death as this trained pigeon picks his feet onto story three, General, the one made up for this movie. General has now caught a train from New York to North Carolina as deep from the woods a troll runs into Drew Barrymore's house. Here's she's playing Amanda. So there's now three little girls that look her then. Get in. And by the way, if this is the first time the troll enters the house, how the hell is she sending out a, a help me flash fucking up to nine months earlier? Moving on. She sees General chasing after the troll, so runs into the house after it, along with her mother, played by Candy Clark. Who doesn't want the cat in the house? However, Amanda talks her into keeping it. Even the dad, played by James Norton, says no. But she gets to keep the cat anyway. The cat warns Amanda the cat can steal little girl's breath at night. As that night, General is thrown outside. As Amanda is sent to bed, her dad tucks her in and she tries to tell him she thinks she has a troll in her bedroom wall that steals her life force at night. Again, this is the first time this has done this thing. How the fuck does she know this? And that General kept her safe that night or the night previous. That makes sense, but because it shows Amanda throwing her as a mother tosses the cat out the same night she picks up the cat. Moving the fuck right on. The father doesn't want to listen. Saying he may get General back in into the bedroom if she behaves herself. Adding, there's no such thing as real monsters. Mummy says there are no real monsters. Ugh. In bed, the mother is reading Pet Cemetery. Again, check my archives. With General locked outside, the troll comes out of the skirting board, kills the pet budgie and frames the cat. And note, the troll is voiced by Frank Welker. The troll then steals Amanda's soul. Or a little bit of it anyway. General climbs a tree, enters the bedroom, saves Amanda... As the troll throws its sword at the cat, which causes him to knock down the birdcage. This wakes up the parents, who find the bird dead. And i got to say, for a low-budget movie, this troll suit is quite good, and the puppeteering isn't bad either. With General framed for, for the murder, the troll hides back in the skirting board for the next night. The next morning, the mother captures the cat, takes it to the pound... And even after the dad says the cat is wounded by something not of a bird peck, she doesn't want to listen, just shoves the cat in a bloody pet to be put down. What a bitch. That night, as a storm hits, Amanda gets outside the house and screams General's name, but it doesn't come to her. Cleaning up, the mother finds one of the troll's little bells from its hat, but she thinks nothing of it because she's a fucking idiot. In the pound, General is listed to be put down the next morning. Once Amanda's tucked into bed, the troll comes out to finish the job, locking the door by using a doorstop to seal it shut. Back in the pound, General escapes. It's feeding time. Or escapes at feeding time. Meanwhile, the troll is having a hard time climbing up the bed to Amanda as she kicks it off once it tickles her with a feather on her hat, on its hat. What the fuck? Finally getting up, it starts to attack. However, General has made it back and stops the troll. Amanda just sits there and chokes. It is on! Mini Troll versus Cat. General fights the feisty troll as Amanda looks on, stunned, unable to scream. Finally, she screams to speaks up the parents, however, they, they can't enter the room due to the door stop. So General fights the troll as Amanda cheers on. So she can't go off her arse and open the fucking door by removing that little rubber door stopper thing, for crying out loud. She's nine. God. Landing the killing bro, the troll fails to escape using balloons, sending the troll onto a record player which plays the police's I'll be watching you yet again. The cat puts it on full speed, sending 
the troll hurtling into a fan to die. And why the fuck's there a fan during a storm in, I'm guessing, late October, early November? Finally, the door is open. The mum chases Amanda around the room, going after General, until she shows her stunned parents the dead body of the troll. So, getting Amanda to keep quiet, they allow her to keep the cat. The next night, after a huge feast of a trout, General sneaks upstairs into Amanda's room to steal her life as credits roll. So, uh, that was Cat's Eye, a so-so 80s horror comedy about a story of a tabby cat and a little psychic girl. Hey, it's a Stephen King story. What else she fucking want? She, all he does is psychic children. The effects are ropey, to say the least. However, this does have some good comedy in it, and I generally laughed a few times. And saying that, there's no horror, nothing even remotely shocking for a horror comedy that has no horror. That is a bad thing. The acting, however, is good. I say read the book, it's better. I'm going to give this thing a par 5 out of 10. So I'll come back next week as I kick off Houseween 2, which is my look at the House on Haunted Hill movies from the 1950s one starring Vincent Price to the 1990s remake and its sequel. Also, Sleepy Hollow, my four-year special, and Halloween, I look at Halloween 2018. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other horror podcasts of House, Hellraiser, Resident Evil and more. Also my solo podcast of The Thing, The Shining, The Stuff and many, many more. Also check out my second podcast, The Schlocky Horror Podcast Show on Anchor, where once a fortnight, myself and my co-host Eric from Two Bearded Losers, his podcast... Look at all things B to Z, the worst of the very worst. Eh, bye. And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. Also, sometimes the book is better.